What up, Real Split Nash? We're back with another episode. We'll be talking a little bit of Lincoln and the current events and taking a look at uh, Lincoln uh, drunk history as well as the roast. All right, here we go. Splitter, axe in hand, looking out at a frontier of hope and possibility. In excellent to each other and party on, dudes! What up, Real Split Nash? Welcome back to episode nine, number 97. So this is everybody's favorite, Nick, and I am joined by uh, Mary. What's happening, Mary? Hey, Real Split Nation. And then we got, uh, what up, Doc? Dr. Jeremy Boyce is on the show. Woo! Oh, new yes. title. By the new person, same person, just new title. Yeah, thank you. Uh, it's great to be back once again, and thanks for addressing me by my new title. So, Congratulations. Uh, Don't get you. used to it. I won't. I won't. <laughs> um, but yeah, a lot of people did a lot of work to help me get there, Nick included, so... Thanks to all those folks, and uh, yeah, feels pretty good. So, and uh, good to be back on the on the rail splitter. Now that I clearly have some extra time on my hands because you know don't have to do that anymore. Yes, but you got to fix our school schedule now. So I do need to that. do that. I do need to do. That. Still <laughs> and, got the day job. Remember, I want three planning periods. I know that's not possible, but make it happen. <laughs> I'll do my best. <laughs> So um, we are going to dive into a little bit of Lincoln as far as popular culture is concerned, um, taking a look at spe- specifically the roast episode on Netflix. And Mary will talk a little bit about the drunk history episode. But before we dive into that, we got some current events. Um, it's been a while since we recorded. What has it been? Two weeks? Am I right on that? Actually, yep. it's been three weeks. Whoa. Really? Yes. <laughs> so we did two episodes back to back. We took a week off. Remember, we're trying to paste it out for a hundredth episode so it works for all of us in springfield which we'll talk about it then during that time off i came across an article i know you guys saw it. we shared it we talked about it and it kind of deals with tennessee so basically tennessee um the title of it is this the title that you put in the notes here yeah yeah the title of it is governor governor bill lee signs nathan bedford forest day proclamation is not considering a law change so, yes, you heard that right. July 13th was Nathan Bedford Forest Day. The same the same forest that we all know from the Confederacy, uh, the same guy that was the early KKK leader, the same one that sold slaves, the same one of the Fort Pillow Massacre. Um, he has his own holiday uh, down in Tennessee. And I believe this comes out of a law, if I remember correctly, where basically Tennessee has a state law where they got to recognize the Confederacy with like three different dates or like holidays or proclamations, I guess. So this is one of three. Um, Robert E. Lee Day is January 19th, and then June 3rd is Confederate uh, Decoration Day. So, um, yeah, yeah, I mean, it's crazy. Mm -hmm. Um, I saw it. I couldn't believe it. I mean, um, I don't know. I mean, we've talked about this a lot, I know, on the show. You know, you talk, especially now, we hear who's a true patriot, who isn't. I mean, isn't the Confederacy the ultimate not true patriot? I mean, they let, they were fighting to leave America. Mm-hmm. So I just don't get it. I don't understand. I find it absolutely absurd. Um, on top of the fact is Nathan Bedford Forrest, mm-hmm. Probably, arguably, one of the worst or most infamous Confederate people you could pick on top of all of that. Um, Yeah, I don't know. Thoughts? I agree with what you're saying. Um, You know, and I read a few articles about it. Um, So it's been an observance since 1932. So we know where that's coming from. Lost Cause is really rampant at that time. You know, there's lots of monuments being put up. Um, but it was in, I think it was 1969 that it was finally made law. And that's in the midst of the civil rights era right there. So it's almost kind of like a like a slap in the face for 
for that time period, I think. Um, and they describe Forrest as follows. Recognized military figure in American history and a native Tennessean. There's no context behind that at all with like what he did. And um, there's also a Forrest, Nathan Bedford Forrest bust in the, I think it's the capital of Tennessee. And there's been call for its removal and governor Lee has not really, you know, he's, basically said that he didn't want to remove it because it would be a mistake to whitewash history, which I kind of thought, well, how is that, you know, then tell it in proper context, you know? And um, so he apparently dismissed questions about whether the state should provide additional context around the bus that is there saying he would instead focus on diminishing racial conflict in other ways. Um, But later he said he was, open to providing more context around the statue. And there was some outcry this year around Nathan Bedford Forrest Day, and that's why it made headlines like it did. It even made headlines here in Canada. There was a few news stations that picked it up as well. And uh, Ted Cruz, Republican Texas senator, and I think this is probably the only time I'm going to agree with what he has to say, um, is he said that it's wrong Nathan Bedford Forrest was a Confederate general. He was also a slave trader and first grand wizard of the KKK. Tennessee should not have a day honoring him. And I do agree with him. Like, we're, it's 2019, and, you know, there needs to be context put into these historical figures. And surely there's another figure from Tennessee. And I thought instantly of, you know, Admiral Farragut. Like, he's native Tennessean. He, fought for the union in the civil war and like, why not recognize a figure like him instead of Nathan Bedford Forrest? Okay. Yeah, I, Go ahead. I think, Mary, I think you make great points too about um, not, not, you know, the history of it is not just how it connects to the civil war, but when they were, these holidays were created and in what setting and for what purpose. And I think that's, what's often missed in the, you know, the fairly, you know, weak arguments in support of things like this, but um, Forrest in particular is probably the easiest target to say, like, come on, this is, let's let, you know, let this, let's call this what it is basically. Um, And, you know, the governor of Tennessee kind of tried to hide behind like tradition and, you know, he was just kind of approving it because like governors of Tennessee have done this every year for, since it became a holiday. Um, but, you know, so you try to hide behind that, which I thought was pretty weak. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, it's a little ridiculous. I mean, think about the people who have, you know, the individuals who have national holidays. Um, President's Day, Martin Luther King Day. I think those are the only actual national holidays, I think. Um, so, like, to have all these, it's just ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it'd be like... Wearing a T-shirt for uh, Palpatine. <laughs> it's like, I don't know. A lot of people wear Darth Vader T-shirts. Yeah. yeah, but like Darth Vader, you could at least say, you know, he came around at the end. He realized his wrong there. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why I went the Palpatine route, you know. I, I guess episode nine maybe turns out to be a hell of a nice guy. Um, but I'm not counting on that. So I was just looking at famous people from Tennessee. Obviously, uh, this isn't Civil War really. Shit, Aretha Franklin. Mm-hmm. You telling me does she have a day? She better if Forrest does. Uh, Dolly Parton, come on, man! Oh, she was just at Newport Folk Festival and was like showstopper. Johnny Knoxville deserves a day more than Nathan Bedford Forrest. I don't think it's actually named after him. What? Okay, uh, Knoxville. I'm kidding. No, gotcha. Stop <laughs> uh, point. Full flow there. Uh, yeah, we got Tina Turner too. Isaac Hayes. So JT, Justin Timberlake, and Morgan Freeman, all from Tennessee. Yep. So I was just looking at this. Uh, and everybody's favorite, Miley Cyrus. Woo! A.K.A. Hannah Montana. <laughs> For our older listeners out yes. there. Who we know are from that fame. And when I say older, all probably, you know, the 22-year-olds that don't listen to us. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, we've talked about this. I think we hit it on the head of the hail. I mean, um, when Ted Cruz says that it's a bad idea, I mean, come on. You know it's a bad idea. Yeah. So. Unless you're talking about universal health care. 
True that. True that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was not a good statement at all because yeah, there's probably a lot of good ideas that Ted Cruz says. Yeah, my bad. So um, when everybody hates, I don't know where I'm going. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, when he agrees with, I think when he agrees with many liberal leaning people, then you know it's really bad. I guess. There you yeah. Go. Well, when it makes headlines and it never had before, because I had some people that I know ask me, they're like, "What's this Nathan Bedford Forrest stuff? Who is he?" And I'm like having to explain it to people that i mean of course up here in canada not a lot of people are going to know who nathan bedford Forrest is but when you start explaining it it sounds really kind of well he was this confederate he was in the cavalry and he uh massacred a bunch of black soldiers and uh went on to be one of the founders of the kkk he was the first grand wizard and you know they're kind of like why are they honoring him down there and um it just it it I guess it just it also brings to light to just this whole, you know, you, you hear that the Civil War never ended. And here we are still like there's still this day and there's still controversy over it. And it's still like, why is it being why is it still a thing? I blame Shelby Foote. Ken Burns stuff. You know, By the way, st- Ken Burns, I'm still willing to redo Civil War for you. Um, yeah. Just let me know when you want me to do it and provide me everything I need. Yeah, I uh, I had that same thought about just kind of how it's a very good point, Nick, redoing that. Um, but Shelby Foote's line about the the war producing two geniuses, Abraham Lincoln and Nathan Bedford Forrest, and he kind of t- tells it in his like, oh, shucks, kind of you yeah. know endear- endearing way. And I used to like think that that was oh, that's so kind of cool and you know apropos of him. Uh, and then uh, yeah, no it's mm-hmm. you know it's, it, and i think that's important and i think it kind of also relates to the conversation we're gonna have later about parody like history is not static you know it changes you know what happened doesn't change but i think a little bit of how we look at it certainly should mm-hmm. um so yeah i think that that's uh um one of those things especially for us like you know that often comes up to like, well, if you just look, just look at him as a cavalry general he was you know revolutionized cavalry and was the most blah 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 like so yeah like you know who who cares and you know look at everything else and you know it's like you know it's not it's not too far of a stretch to say like well hitler had some good ideas you know like yeah you know social programs and created infrastructure blah 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 like no let's just not even yeah you don't see you don't see days honoring nazis and that's what one article i read said like could you imagine if they started honoring nazis in germany like that you know more people would have an outcry about that because it's I think closer to like our time period Mm -hmm. and it's more recognizable. Whereas you hear Nathan Bedford Forrest's name now and, Oh, he was a general in the civil war. He was Calvary guy. He was talented at being in the Mm -hmm. Calvary and that that's what people know about him. But this goes back to the, like the myth of the lost cause. And, Mm -hmm. you know, again, also looking at the history behind why the, the holiday is still there. Well, the only other thing, too, about just the whole idea of this, like, Southern pride thing, like, why does it have to be attached to the war? Why does it have to mm-hmm. be attached to the Confederacy? Like, you can be proud of where you came from, where you come from, without attaching it to that. Like, I went to a Tennessee football game, and they sing Rocky Top the entire time. And that's, like, the most rooting for Tennessee thing that you can do. And you don't have to say like, oh yeah, and we also fought for the right to enslave other humans. Um, and without that, we can't recognize ourselves as Southerners. That's ridiculous. You know, like people, many people in the South are proud of where they're from. They have a lot of civic pride and it's not tied to this lost cause. It's not tied to the Confederacy. It's just like who I am. You know, there's millions of folk songs and country songs and whatever else um, about that. So, like, celebrate that. Look at that. Mm-hmm. You know, Ken Burns' next documentary is going to be about country music um, and its roots in folk and rock and, you know, how it also spawned into rock and roll and whatever else. Like, civic pride does not have to be tied to that. On both, both from the people mm-hmm. who do it and from people like us who criticize. Like, oh, you're, you know, you're proud to come from the South. And just assume maybe that it's attached to that because I don't, you know, think it necessarily is. I have civic pride. I'm very proud of my city and it's not a you know on paper sometimes it can be looked at as not the greatest place we got a lot of a lot of issues whatever but i you know i like where i'm from i i have pride in where i'm from um i can understand why people who aren't from here don't understand that right um 
but I think that there's a stereotype there that maybe not be fair. Um, and I think those folks need to step up and say, I'm proud to be from Tennessee. I have no association with the civil war whatsoever. It's a despicable mm-hmm. smudge on our history, whatever. Um, and, and give it like empower Southern pride. That's positive. You know, I think that there's something there. Yeah. I mean, people, yeah, definitely who are still waving the Confederate flag. You know what? Quit rooting a loser. You guys got the <laughs> SEC down there. You got football. Root winner, man. Yeah. You guys got Alabama, Mississippi State, Louisiana. I mean, you got the cream of the crop, SEC, college football. Start cheering some winning. All right. And they they're lost. nice. Like, the people are nice. Like Oh, they are. They're so the, nice like, down there. People say hello to you. It's like the like I'm from the Midwest. I'm like, uh, we don't do that. Uh, I, know you see, I know you just asked me how I'm doing, but uh, – I'm thinking, do I know you from somewhere? Because I'm from the Midwest that we don't talk to people we don't know. Uh, but yeah, no, it's very nice and endearing. And like when you're down there, it's welcoming. I mean, granted, I'm seeking from a place of privilege. It's welcoming for me and in my experience. Um, and I know it's not like that for everybody all the time. But they are, as a, by and large, super nice people mm-hmm. and very welcoming. And that's awesome. So, you know, and there's all kinds of amazing colleges and institutions down there and a lot of intellectual firepower, you know, and there's a lot of really, really cool cities. Just in the last few years, I've been to Knoxville and Atlanta and Austin. They're like amazing places, vibrant culture. It's awesome. So yeah, Yeah. the South is not a bad place. The Confederacy is the home of blues, man. Mm -hmm. So yeah, embrace, embrace the winners. So all of you that continue with the Confederate flag, I say throw it away. Come on to the winning side <laughs> and let's go Alabama. Roll Tide. And also uh, there's actually, some great battlefields Al- down there too. Chickamauga is an amazing mm-hmm. battlefield to visit. Mary has 25 mugs from there. So. I do. And actually my mug uh, today is General uh, Thomas. Because that's a nice one. Why is you. it? Because it is his birthday today. All right, July thirty first. Yes. Him and Harry Potter. Yep. So go. and we got to give a birthday shout out to our producer, Jer. Yeah, Jer. Uh, Mary's significant other. So yep. his birthday was actually Jerry, yesterday. Happy birthday, man! I was trying his to think of what we should call him. Is he like our chief sound engineer? We should. Yeah, we definitely need like a super creative title. But yeah, that chief, for chief now. sound engineer of the Army of the Potomac. He's like our General <laughs> Warren. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, I was trying to like, <laughs> producer sounds boring. We need something more creative. Chief sound, gen- chief sound engineer. Sounds a lot. I story. like it. Uh, Mary, you came across an article from the Providence Journal um, dealing with a Lincoln statue. Why don't you fill us in? All right. So in Woonsocket, which is, I was like, that an actual place? That's a odd name. It's in R- Rhode Island. So Abraham Lincoln visited there in 1860. And they've um, put a statue there near the old train station where he arrived. So it's made of steel and it's shaped to form a tall profile representing Lincoln's hat and the brim of the hat, his cheeks, neck and coat. So it's basically a profile of Abraham Lincoln that, you know, if you're visiting it, you can go and stand right inside because it stands about seven and a half feet tall. And so when you do that, you can get close to the text of the plaque, which talks about Lincoln's visit there. And his visit there was an invitation by a man named Edward Harris, who was a prominent industrialist and philanthropist who argued for the abolition of slavery. And Lincoln made his visit there right after he made his very famous Cooper Union speech. Um, So the statue was funded with uh, $8,500 in grant money from the Rhode Island Foundation, and another $1,500 was spent to have it power-coated in gloss black to enhance the durability of it. And Jenny Sparks, who's a client relations manager with Steel Yard, which is the company that designed the sculpture, said that um, the ability to sit inside the statue allows a person to consider their role in the world toward racial justice. So it's a it's a very interesting and unique looking statue. So it's not like the typical like it's not you're not going to see what he looked like. You're just going to see that profile of him. So it's a little bit different in that regard. But um, it got me thinking of something that um, Lincoln Belongs to the Ages has posed this question on Twitter before, and he and I have actually discussed it. But there are many Lincoln statues, and there tends to be a lot of money put towards those Lincoln statues. 
Um, would that money sometimes be better spent on something like a scholarship or literacy programs? What do you guys think? Yes. Yeah, I mean, he came off a train station. That doesn't, you know, I can see like Springfield. Yes, he's a local hero there. He has significant time. He deserves a statue down there. It's part of local history. Get it. All right, Indiana, Kentucky. Obviously, he's got direct links there. Understand it. Get it. Gettysburg, significant moment in history there. Do we need a statue every damn place he walked off a train? Like I was just in Lafayette, Indiana. We don't need a statue there, all right, just because he stopped there. You know, like that money could be better spent. Why not put a statue spent? How much money was it again? 8500 plus 1500 spent to have it power coat. Like the, Why the coating. Why don't you honor somebody who's done something for the community within your own town, Rhode Island? Got to be a risk history, I would imagine, that you can recognize there to get more people invested in local history would go further than this whack-ass statue of Lincoln there. So, or yeah, or a scholarship. Yeah, you know, stuff like, to me, statues should be for significant historical figures for a significant Mm -hmm. moment in time or local significant historical figures, in my opinion, um, that honors them. So that's why I think it would, that's best for the community. This, like, I don't even, like, who goes visit it? Do you think community people do? It's probably just people traveling through, like us, Lincoln nerds. Um, so who would go visit and find it? I mean. Well, I'm the type I, of person think- that I seek out statues wherever I am. Me too. But that's I the level it. of nerd that I am. So I would I go there it. and see that statue. I do it too. I do. I love it. Like, I yeah. look. Some cities, some bigger cities, like their Wikipedia articles will list like all their public art and you can find it Um, to get to the the question of would the money be better spent on like scholarships or literacy programs? Like, I think the answer is yes, but I kind of I'm not a huge fan of the either or Mm -hmm. kind of idea, like, you know, because that happens a lot just in, in all areas. But like in I'm most familiar with public education and like it's one of those things like anytime you spend money on X, there's people that are going to say like, Oh, we got enough money for X, but of course we don't got enough money for Y, but like all of it kind of, if you're looking at the fabric of society, it all plays a part. So like, I don't want to live in a city that doesn't have monuments and public art. I also don't want to live in a community that doesn't fund education. Mm-hmm. Right. So like, I don't think it's an either or kind of thing. Um, but to Nick's point, like, I think every time you look to put a monument up, you should say like, is this the best use of our charity dollars? Like there's a really cool bust of Lincoln in our city at Rockford, Illinois. I think it's great. I visit it every now and then, you know, it's cool. He does have a loose tie to the city. It's in Illinois. Downtown kind of needed some public art like that. It's got a nice garden around it. It it works. It's, it's, it creates some of that civic pride that I was talking about. But if we're spending tons and tons of money on it, then it's a little tougher to let's say like, man, our schools really need money. Our teachers need more, you know, higher salaries Our, you know, municipal workers, this or that. Um, so I think that, you know, all of it needs to be kind of taken into consideration. Um, but I think it's too easy sometimes to say like, man, you know, $800,000, how many textbooks or computers mm-hmm. would that buy? Well, like, of course, if you have a school that doesn't have any computers and you're looking at building a monument to someone, you should buy the computers, you know? Um, so I think it, you know, hopefully we could get to a place where it's a both and kind of thing where you have nice things and a good school system. And it's an appealing place to, to live. Cause I think that when kids come to school or people go to work, if it's just a bunch of concrete and infrastructure in that regard, you know, morales might be a little bit low. People like to see green things and, art you know spending money on the arts i think is important so i i look at it as hopefully a both and but if it comes down to either or of course i'm going to support public education mm-hmm. as much as i can because that's my field so why didn't they like pair up the lincoln statue because lincoln's going to bring people in like us so we're in rhode island we know about it now we're going to go seek it out what would have been great if they attached like a local civil war statue with that so then now i'm going there and now i'm learning something about their town Mm -hmm. in addition to seeing a lincoln statue 
Now, you know what I mean? That's going to produce for the – because the biggest problem I have with this, I don't feel like this town passes the Lincoln snuff, you know, like the historical significance test that I've created in my head for them. So that, that's <laughs> I, I my think biggest it, but just as it, it. if Lincoln was there, then it's like we have to talk about it, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that's because he – it's Abraham Lincoln, right? Like, if you know that he was in your town at one point, you want to lay claim to that. And I think that is really important for history. And I think it's it's a very fine line that, that you walk with it, which I think is what you were getting at, Jeremy. It's like, it comes down to, you know, the public art versus, you know, into education, and you have to, like, weigh those two things. And it's a tough thing to weigh, I think. And I don't, like... I sit on the fence about it. Like I'm all for, you know, a scholarship literacy programs, putting more money, especially into education, but I'm also for, you know, the public art and honoring things that like are historically significant to a place because sometimes that is going to bring people to your town or will make it more appealing for, for visitors that like, Oh, I didn't know this happened here. So there's just that, it's a fine line that you have to walk. So I like for me, the answers, you know, it's like I'm on, I'm on both sides of it, basically that, you know, just, it's a fine line that you have to walk with it. Yeah, for sure. I think us at the rail splitter headquarters, we will be more than happy. You guys submit whether your city's worthy of a statue and we will either, we got three of us too. So this works perfect. And then we will vote on it. And if you pass, you know, our criteria, you can have it. So uh, Rhode Island, you're going to have to take it down, though. What time <laughs> was this in again? Woonsocket. It was Woonsocket, Rhode Island. Woonsocket. So I hate to break it to you. Um, you could ship it to one of us. We'll put it up in our headquarters. So whether it's the Canadian headquarters or the Rockford headquarters, um, just let us know. Um, and we'll provide a mailing address. I was going to say, we have an HQ uh, now. That's pretty all right. cool. <laughs> <laughs> New artifact. Donate to the Abraham Lincoln um, Library and Museum down there. So this comes from the pentagraph.com. Is this you, Mary, that found this yep. too? Well, it's originally right, thanks to... On here? It's originally thanks to Eric Lee, who he posts quite a bit on the Real Twitter Facebook page. So thank you, Eric, for posting that. Um, and alerting us to this new artifact that had been donated. So a woman named Sue Cameron was going through boxes that she had promised her late husband that she would go through. And she found what she thought was like a locket that probably she was like, oh, it's got a picture of a family member in it. I'm not going to know who the heck it is. So she opened it up and she realized it was a picture of Abraham Lincoln. And it turned out to be the remnants of a campaign button from the 1860 presidential election and she has been very kind and donated it to the, the Abraham Lincoln Presidential Library and Museum. So Diane Williams is the appraiser who reviewed it before the item was donated. And she said it's a rare find. And it's made more unusual by the fact that it was altered. Um, so a lot of the campaign buttons are like tokens. And they're like a dog tag with a hole punched in them. And you would use a safety pin or a hat pin to put them on clothing. And then this was most likely a political button that they had put in a locket once Lincoln had been assassinated. So that makes it um, a rare find and even more interesting. And so she, this lady, Sue Cameron, donated it. She did not sell it to the museum at all. And she's not allowed to talk about what the appraisal price was of it. Um, but she said, I told Ian Hunt, the museum's head of acquisitions, it's being donated by me, but ultimately it wasn't mine to donate. I just happened to be the soul to open the box. It really belongs to my ancestors. I was hopeful I could find a forever home for it so that others could enjoy it as we have. I wish other people would have this attitude towards Lincoln artifacts. <laughs> Which is a great question to bring up. What, you know, would you have done the same thing? Well, you know, if you stumbled across this, like, which I can only imagine is very, very valuable artifact when your three choices are to keep it for yourself, sell it or donate it. What's your dollar amount? Like what's your motivation? You know, I don't know. I, It'd be tough. Yeah. I, I don't know. I think I would probably, and then donate it just because I'm one of those that belongs in a museum type of people. Mm-hmm. 
I, I would have kept it. I won't lie. It, like, I'd show people. And... I'm so not shocked by that. You'd probably charge admission too, right? Yeah. <laughs> I went That's probably like the middle, the middle noble, you know, noble <laughs> stuff. And then I would like, I would either pass it, you know, depending on what my, you know, once I got older and I actually had a will, um, I would then make sure it got to the proper, in good hands. Like, if I didn't feel like I had anybody to leave it to, I trusted then definitely. You go the museum route. So. To the Rail Splitter Podcast Museum. There you go. The, we don't need a whole museum. Just put a wing in there at the museum for us. Maybe one of those traveling ones that they're always doing. Yeah, there you yeah, go. The Rail, oh, Rail yeah, Splitter like Podcast Abraham Lincoln Traveling Exhibit. Yes. Um, those of you who are listening and agree with this idea, tweet uh, the Abraham Lincoln Museum um, <laughs> early and often. <laughs> And then we will be down in Springfield in about a month. That's where we will negotiate terms. Yeah, actually, a month bring... tonight we're going to be there. Oh, shit. Wow, Man. that's crazy. Um, yeah, any other comments about the pin? I think it's really cool that she she donated it. Um, and I love her attitude about it. And, yeah, it's like if I had found it, I think I would have been like, oh, I kind of want to keep it. But... You know, I, I think people deserve to see it as well. It's, it's part of Abraham Lincoln's history and his story. And although the museum at this point, they don't have any immediate plans to put it on display because they need to conserve it and make sure it's going to be well preserved. But I'm sure like I would hope at some point they're going to put it on display. Um, and that's the thing with museums is like they have so much in their collections, like often, you know, not even half of their collection will be on display. But you know, like I would like to think that they're rotating enough of it that those artifact artifacts do get put on display eventually. Yep. Agreed. All right. I think that wraps up all the current news that we know. So, and Oh yeah. I did see on Twitter. I think the Abraham Lincoln museum um, is currently, I know they're working on a new, some new artifact exhibit and it looks like they're taking out some of the stuff that's been hanging in there and swapping some stuff out. So, uh, might have a new look to it here soon. Ooh. I believe. I think I'm right on that. But mm-hmm. I think I saw uh, something about that earlier today so. too. Yeah. And what's the traveling exhibit that's going to be there uh, when we're there? I don't know off the top of my head because I saw McWhorter had tweeted out something. Christian did. Mm-hmm. And then I don't know if that's going to be the new traveling exhibit or because he's in charge of like that artifact in that one room, like where you come out of the yeah. Lincoln funeral. And then there's some the collection, I think it's called. Yes, that's always rotating too. So I'm not sure if he was working on that or the new traveling exhibit. So um, the one currently was World War II um, in there, and they had some moral history stuff as well as kind of a presentation of that. So that's currently what's there. So, and I am not sure. Uh, Dr. Kevin Burke will be there August 1st, tomorrow. If you're in Springfield, he was a friend of the show, he was on the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's giving a talk called Stealing Lincoln's Body. So if you're down there, you should check it out. If you're not down there, you should check out the episode that we had him on because uh, it may be somewhat similar. Um, and he's also on the Facebook chat. So if you're not there, and he posts um, quite often a lot of good stuff. Uh, it does look like it's the um, World War II exhibit's going to be there through January. Uh, in this great struggle, the greatest generation remembers World War II. Um, so that should be interesting to see a um, 75th anniversary of D-Day kind of tie into the to the traveling exhibit. So, cool. All right. Well, let's have the meat and potatoes of the show. And that is we often talk about Lincoln and pop culture. Um, and we came across, we were talking last time when we got done with the episode about the historical roast that are on Netflix. So... Those of you who aren't familiar, Comedy Central has been doing this for quite a long time, uh, almost about 10 years, I want to say, these roasts, and it's usually of comedians. So those of you who aren't familiar with the roast, you, you honor somebody, so it's like Jerry Seinfeld. And then all Seinfeld's friends come up there, and basically they give him a hard time. And then usually towards the very end, you know, they kind of wrap it up with, actually, you're a great guy and all that stuff. And then uh, the guest of honor, he'll get a moment, and he kind of goes around the room and roasts everybody. So... Um, Comedy Central does a pretty good job with them, actually. There's been a couple that have been really good. Um, so, 
basically, there's always this one guy, Jeff Ross. He's kind of a comic comedian who's always on these uh, shows. So basically, he's hosting what are known as historical roasts. So they've taken historical figures. Abraham Lincoln is one, Martin Luther King Jr., um, as well as a few others. And they've done six episodes. So this can be found on Netflix, those of you who have a subscription. It's about a half-hour show. Um, so you had Jeff Ross was the host, and he was kind of dressed up. It almost looked like Burnside. He I thought did. he was yeah, Burnside. That, I thought he was yeah. Burnside, too. I was like, yeah, oh, yeah. he's Burnside. Okay. <laughs> so, and, like, that whole crowd was, like, dressed, too, in Civil War, um, you know, outfits. And then you had Abraham Lincoln, who was played by Bob Saget of Full House fame, uh, who's actually an extremely dirty comedian, too, if you've ever heard some of his stand-up stuff. And then you had the three historical people who were going to roast him, Mary Lincoln, uh, John Wilkes Booth, who was played by John Stamos, and Frederick R. Uh, Tubman, and then Frederick Douglass was in a crowd. Um, and then he speaks briefly. So, And then what happened is basically um, each person, those three, um, specifically Harry Tubman, uh, Mary Lincoln, and Booth, were each on the stage with Lincoln. They had their turn roasting him. They did kick it to Frederick Douglass for about, I don't know, two minutes. And then Lincoln got up and said it. So it was a roast. So I kind of set the table here. Um, we've all watched it. So let's go with, uh, boys, what's your thoughts? Well, um, first off, um, I thought it was uh, cool. Mary Lincoln was played by Natasha Leggero, whose hometown is... Rockford, Illinois. So, oh shit, uh, yeah, you didn't know that. Yeah, she went to East oh. High School. Yeah, she's from Rockford. She does some, um, some pretty good bits. She's one of the people who like totally rips on our city, but it's okay because she's from here, so she yeah. she's allowed. Um, what else is she in? She looks familiar. Well, she's a really good stand up. She's got a Netflix special, and then she's got a Netflix special with her husband. She's also on the Chelsea Handler show a lot. I think that's okay. um, and then. Um, she does do drunk history, I think too. So, okay. Mostly. I mean, she's a standup uh, comedian mostly. Okay. So, um, I, uh, it took me a minute to kind of figure out what they were doing, you know, cause it was, it is the first episode. I didn't watch the other historical roasts and, um, you know, it's only a half hour. I do enjoy the comedy central roast. Um, overall I liked it. I thought it was funny. Some of it I didn't think was that great. Some of it I thought was pretty funny. Um, I mean, I'd give it like a seven, maybe out of 10, but I enjoyed it. You know, it didn't like offend me as a Lincoln person because I kind of, once you kind of got what they were trying to do, it's like, okay, like I, I get what you're doing. I thought that they did a really good job tying the historical jokes to current jokes, current history. So it was like a, a social criticism, which I think is the most important reason we study history anyway. Um, you know, historians, I think, should connect the history to the present. We as Lincoln enthusiasts talk about how Lincoln impacts the present, present. And these folks are comedians and they used humor to kind of connect the past and present, which I thought was really cool. Um, a couple of the jokes I thought fell flat. I could have done without the full house, you know, gags. I thought that was kind of stupid. Um, I thought it was decent. And then um, when... Uh, Mary Lincoln was, and she was kind of crass, but whatever. It was what it was. Um, but when they uh, transitioned over to Harriet Tubman, who was played by uh, Yamanika Saunders, she, like, stole the show. It was uh, just amazing. Um, funny. Like, she had developed a character very, you know, very clearly stayed in that character. Didn't do any side jokes about Bob Saget. You know, it was, like, really, really um, – funny and brought up a lot of issues around race that I thought were true and real um, about who gets credit for what. Um, and then she was also just very talented in her delivery. So like she definitely stole the show. Uh, I thought the little piece with Frederick Douglass um, was clever. I thought that was kind of funny too. Um, you know, the, the Stamos and Saget stuff I could have done with, I don't think it was, it's kind of meh, you know, I don't, wasn't that funny. Uh, it wasn't unfunny, I guess. It just, I don't know. Like it was, it was that, that humor was more about Stamos and Saget than it was about Booth and Lincoln. Um, so I could have done without that. Um, but I think it's fair to be like, look at it, what it was like, they weren't pretending to be this like highbrow history humor. 
that's, you know, like it was just a kind of a farce uh, and super light, you know, they didn't take themselves too seriously. Um, so I think if you look at it at, for what it was, it was pretty all right. Um, I mean, it's 28 minutes. I, you can toss it on and, you know, just kind of check it out. I would recommend it. Um, there's some good laughs in it. Um, I think Lincoln people would think it's a little extra funny, but also get a little more annoyed at the other stuff. So all in all, decent. Mary, your thoughts. And I think we're going to have a, this is very rare. I, usually you, boys and Mary don't disagree, but I think we're going to get it finally. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to, uh, slightly disagree with Boyce here on this one. Um, so yeah, there were parts that I found funny, but I was, um, really distracted by how Mary Lincoln was portrayed. <laughs> like just with the, like the, pills and the like when she was snorting the pills i was like oh this and i was thinking mary lincoln does not need any more bad press than what she's gotten and she's getting it right now with this and that really just i i think because i i do have a lot of respect for her and uh i was like uh i'm not finding this that funny and then they kept calling her mary todd lincoln (laughs) i was like Mm -hmm. i said to jared at one point i'm like she went by mary lincoln (laughs) And he was just like, can you just watch it, please? <laughs> I wasn't, I, I, I don't normally go like full history snob, like this is wrong. But I was like, hey, they've, there's this fine line that you walk with parody. And I felt in some ways they did cross it with, with the portrayal of Mary Lincoln. Um, where I do agree with you, Boyce, is about Harriet Tubman. She did steal that show. And um, I really liked her comment that... Uh, she makes a few good points, like too many African-Americans get overlooked in history. And what I did like about the show was that they raised a lot of political stuff that is current for this time. And they made a lot of comments that are quite relevant that, you know, I was like, yeah, this is good. And I agree with it. Like when, when Bob Saget Lincoln got up there and said, this country is just as fractured as when I left it. Mm-hmm. And I really appreciated that. So there was... There was stuff about it that I appreciated, but there was also stuff where I was like, they've crossed this line. And it was just just to do with Mary Lincoln, um, mm-hmm. mainly um, how they portrayed her. I thought that, okay, you could have portrayed her in a different way and still made it really funny. Mm-hmm. Um, Booth's portrayal, I could take it or leave it. Um, but like Harriet Tubman was what really, I mm-hmm. really enjoyed that. And Frederick Douglass, too. Right. Yeah, I think you make great points. I mean, there were some jokes in Mary Lincoln's part um, that were pretty, pretty decent feminism kind of leaning jokes. I thought that 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 were pretty good, and you know, I think kind of fit kind of what we were talking about. But it was overshadowed by the drugs and sex jokes, mm-hmm. like you know, and there was some kind of homophobic jokes in there too. And it was just kind of like just kind of over the top and a little, a little little too heavy handed on that kind of caricature. And then, then I think he kind of lost the jokes because she did talk about mental health and feminism mm-hmm. through jokes, through humor in a pretty decent way. But, you know, she had already made a pretty, like a really crude joke, you know, in there and then was doing all kinds of drugs and drinking and stuff, which I'm not against by any means, but I think it tainted the whole thing. Yeah. Um, but the Harriet Tubman piece, I mean, like that performance was so good. Like, the jokes weren't even that great. Like she says, like you're on the penny because you're so cheap and I should be on the hundred cause I'm hard to break. Like that's not that funny, mm-hmm. but the way she delivered it, it was like, Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's, I was like, you know, yes, that's like, so like, true. Oh, it was so good. I'm like, there's no, I couldn't have delivered it even close to that. Like, um, but the way she delivered it was just like, Oh my God, it was so funny. You know? So, um, I thought she was just, just amazing. Um, and really, really made the episode in my opinion i think i felt like she the actress that played her like went did some research developed this character here's the message i want to send through my humor my parody my satire and i think she got it across i mean she brought up you know something about too like how lincoln wanted to send the slaves to africa you know she like she had a couple points that she wanted to get across hey that lincoln's not you know this um, flawless character and, and she got it across to me 
the I felt like the the Natasha who played um, Mary Lincoln. I felt like she's like, oh, I get to say crude. Like, she got to be crude in a historical character. That's what it came across to me. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that was her intention there. It's almost like, oh, yeah, this will be funny to do that. And then, like, Stamos, I think, was just like, oh, yeah, I'd love to be John Wilkes Booth. This is funny. And, like, didn't do any research, didn't know anything about him, I don't think. And it was no. terrible. He, he was referred, terrible. he called his brother Edgar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was I like, it was, was Edwin. Like, I know. I was like, did I? I thought I was wrong. I'm like, did I misremember that? No, I, no, he called I mean, him Edgar. he was like, the only reason he was funny was because he was like, holy cow, that's John Stamos. Like, that was the extent of the humor and that whole thing. Exactly. Um, I wish I would have sought out comedians that, like, who are known for, like, like Conan. He's known to be an Abraham Lincoln fan. Mm-hmm. He's a history fan. He's an avid reader of that stuff. Heck, he would have been better than Bob's. I know he doesn't look like Lincoln, like mm-hmm. Bob Saget, but he would be a hell of a lot funnier in that role. There are a lot of his Lincoln historians or Civil War historians who are pretty personable that I would love to have seen them draw in at least for like, um, you know, some type of guidance or maybe even be part of the roast. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that would have been an interesting dynamic to it. Um, so I just wish they would have went out there and saw people. Um, I think they just I don't think they I felt like it was just, oh, we have this cop, this roast. Here's a funny idea. Mm hmm. We'll throw it at Netflix. Yeah. It's a cheap payday. Mm-hmm. We'll make some cheap joke yeah. and we'll get it across. Kind of going through the motions. Yeah, I, yeah, I think very much yeah. so. Especially yeah. because, like, I think Lincoln would have loved the concept of the roast and would have loved to be the subject of one. Like, his his humor was largely self-deprecating. Like, he would have really enjoyed that mm-hmm. and probably participated in whatever the version was then. You know, that was very much up his alley. And you could have done some really cool things. But it was just like, yeah, they were kind of going through the motions. And um, as far as Saget dropped the ball as Lincoln, dude, he was like, if you could have got a couple like historians, a couple clever comedy writers, put them in a room, his roast part of that could have been like, I feel like this is a missed opportunity for something Mm -hmm. epic, hilarious, really good. Like if the whole thing was at the Harriet Tubman level and then Douglas, who I thought was also good because I Mm -hmm. felt like there was a good theme behind that parody and that's the best parody satire um and that's when you know john stewart trevor noah and colbert when he was had his show there that that's when they hit it right is when they have that underlining message to get you to think about stuff like a colin quinn could have maybe done Mm -hmm. he's pretty good at like politics and stuff like that yeah they just missed an opportunity and i wish it was better i agree i agree the one thing about natasha Legero, like her all of her stand-up is kind of like that um, like she, she kind of plays a character. Like she kind of plays this like kind of drunk, like um, socialite kind of thing. But like it's very clearly a character, and like there's like pretty good commentary behind it. But you kind of got to realize that that's kind of the shtick that she's doing. Um, it's kind of part of the whole thing. So like when you're seeing like a half hour or a hour long special. Like you get it, and then you see, like, oh, okay, this is kind of what we're doing. But in this particular case, like, you're playing a caricature of Mary Lincoln. Like, we don't have time to really establish, like, you know, the drug jokes kind of just set this kind of for kind of this avenue for me to actually make it's you know sensible, you know, uh, timely, topical humor through this kind of method. It just, I think, it just got lost, and it just wasn't wasn't great. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, the Harriet Tubman piece picked it up. I think it made it worth made it worth the time. Yeah, she was really good. Yeah, I, I agree. I with liked that. her a lot. It's like I, I honestly feel like she did some research, thought about it, mm-hmm. and then got invested into it. Whereas Saget and Stamos, they were just collecting a paycheck. I felt like. Yeah, yeah that's what that's what I thought too. And just <laughs> and just I think for me with with all the stereotypes that exist about Mary Lincoln, and that you know she really has been given i think in some cases a raw deal when it comes to how she's looked at by historians mm-hmm. to have that there it's like oh you know it just it it just plays into those stereotypes that exist about her and i think sometimes those stereotypes get just kind of like that's not who she was as a person right. like there's so much more to her there yeah and i guess it they're professionals. I mean, yeah. I, like, I don't know how I would have, how do you make, how do you find the funny there? Like, I know. Yeah, exactly. She, she, yeah. she very much had mental health issues, yeah. but could you imagine losing 
children. Yeah. Like she did. And having, you know, a husband who was essentially absent for large amounts of time, you know, and, you know, riding the circuit in Congress, whatever, like, how do you make that funny? I guess, I don't know. You know, I don't know how you can do it without, without, I mean, I don't like how they did it, but I don't know if there's a way to, to say like, yeah, you know, and I think the only way to do it is to kind of mirror the Harriet Tubman thing. It's like, you got all the credit, like Lincoln gets all the credit and, you know, I was at home, blah, blah, you know, whatever. And then how, how do you make the death of children funny? I don't think you can. No. But like the only thing that if you maybe went the angle of like, you get all the glory and I'm the crazy one somehow develop jokes out of. Yeah. Or people don't remember uh, that I went to the soul, see the soldiers, like, like start talking right. about that aspect of her history. Right. Yeah. Like it's this giant scene in Lincoln. And of course yeah. I'm just, oh, I just get locked up in an asylum or, mm-hmm. you know, I'd like, I, idea I, yeah. like I'm crazy. Well, look at me, look at Lincoln, look how he dressed, look how he, you know, almost like it's poking fun at Lincoln. He's mm-hmm. really the crazy one. Yeah. When you think about how different of a, like that's maybe the route they could have gone or like, the spending, I, I think you could go that route with her spending a lot, you know, to kind of mm-hmm. that dynamic back and forth, you know, kind of like, you know, your stereotypical, like, uh, you know, this is how it is being a, ma- a female wife aspect compared to a male, you know, so. Oh, yeah. Like, I, I mean, think, and I've made I jokes about her spending there. on Twitter, you know, like the flub dubs and all that, you know, like that's just it's more of a lighthearted aspect of who Mary Lincoln was. Yeah, I mean, I think. Part of it is they're trying to they're trying to cater to a much wider audience. Exactly, than our audience is very much people who already know quite a lot about yeah. Lincoln or are interested in learning about Lincoln. Like they need to make it popular to like people just surfing through Netflix. Like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, I'll check that out. Um, and they're not going to be like, oh, that is funny. Like she did spend a lot of money in the White House because like most people don't know that. No. It's you know frankly not that interesting unless you're really interested in Lincoln and the Lincoln family. I think if she poked fun at Lincoln being so eccentric like he was, and maybe kind of the the stereotype you know that they kind of have like this loveless relationship you know a lot of people kind of seeing them as not being super you know lovey-dovey i guess i i think that's an angle that they could have gone where it could have been a little bit more historically you know it would have been more i think something that we're what we're looking for and still be funny to the casual viewer mm-hmm. Hell, these people are comedians, man. They're getting paid a shit ton of money. They should be able to come up with something that's freaking historically good. And if a dude can write a book about a vampire hunter Lincoln and make it historically pretty damn relevant, you know what I mean? And then entertaining as well. Um, and I'm sure he's not getting paid as much as uh, or was it a he or a she? Seth Graham uh, Smith. Thank you. Yeah. Um, and, you know, then these they should be able to do it. I, I will say in new Stamos. <laughs> I agree with all that. The, the one, one thing that I thought was really cool. And I was like, man, we should almost redo the intro when he introduces them. Uh, and I would totally want to put it in the intro if he didn't use the F word. So, but th- that's what makes it I, when he's yeah. like, the good rails. I know. I was like, like, Oh, oh my God, God, that's, that's the awesome. show. <laughs> <laughs> like, if I could, yeah, we should just take that sound clip and who knows? I don't know how many kids actually listen to the show, but yeah, when he just screams in the microphone, the fucking rail splitter. Yeah, like, that made me that happy. Was I was like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> the other thing I laughed at, the only thing I laughed at that Stamos did that I thought was kind of funny, Lincoln comes out there and he like approaches each person. Yes, that and was And then good. he just flicked them off right in his face. I thought. Yeah, I funny. know. That was great. <laughs> I didn't even really, at that point, I wasn't, I didn't really realize it was Stamos because I was kind of doing work and just kind of had it out. And then I was, you know, like, oh, it's John Stamos, you know? And yeah, so. Yeah, that's what was Jerry that pointed out to me. He was like, that's John Stamos's booth. And I had to look. I'm like, oh, my God, it is. And I said, he kind of looks like him. That's kind of creepy. Yeah, I mean, it fit. Like, he's a suave, good-looking, whatever. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, after that, it fell flat. So there is a drunk history episode that revolves around a Lincoln, um, yeah, Lincoln event in his life. And me and Boyce had not seen it, but Mary, I know you have. So why don't you fill us in? I've on watched what we're it a few. On. I've watched it a few times. So it's around the Reaper case, um, where he had to go to Cincinnati, where Stanton, Stanton and was, yes, and Rockford too. <laughs> um, so Stanton was involved in that case, and that was the the case where Lincoln shows up at the hotel dining room, and Stanton basically ignores him and refers to him as being like. 
this ape type of man, I think is how it's portrayed in the, the drunk history episode. Um, but anyway, that, that's what that episode is about. And the guy, um, Rich, his name's Rich Fulcher. He gets really drunk during it and it's worth checking out. And it's, you know, just, I feel that drunk history does it very, very well. Um, they don't always get it accurate, but it's still enough to be like, oh, that's really, really interesting. And I think they have they have one about um, Thaddeus Lowe and the Balloon Corps in the Civil War. And I think they have another Abraham Lincoln one as well. But the the most popular the most popular one I've seen is about the the Reaper case, um, where as I said, Lincoln goes to Cincinnati and it. I really enjoyed it. Um, and this isn't related to Abraham Lincoln, but the uh, drunk history about Alexander Hamilton hosted by Lin-Manuel Miranda, where he gets totally like drunk in it. Talking about Alexander Hamilton is amazing. It is the only episode of drunk history where I've cried. Huh. Like it made me cry. <laughs> um, wow. And Alexander Hamilton and Aaron Burr are both portrayed by females. Oh, cool. And it is such an, if you can find the episode, definitely check it out. It is, it's so well done. Cool. And like I said, I, like I cried because it, it totally changed the way that I thought about Hamilton, the musical and how I looked at Aaron Burr. Have you seen, have you seen Hamilton? I haven't, I've listened to the music, I've listened to the musical many, like, you know, the music, Mm -hmm. like I have the soundtrack, soundtrack. I've listened to it many, many times, um, and but just the way that um, Lynn tells it in Drunk History, I had never thought of it that way. And I'm not going to say any more. I'm going to let people go and watch it. But yeah, it made me cry. And it, I was like, wow, that's really. <laughs> he did a very, very good job considering he was totally drunk <laughs> during it. Um, but the Lincoln one, too, about the Reaper case, it's worth checking out. And so is the one about Thaddeus Lowe and the uh, the Bloom Corps during the uh, the Civil War. Cool. And, like, they're they're very – they're not they, – they do walk that fine line that um, I was talking about where it's like, well, you can walk that fine line and sometimes kind of go over the top where it's it's not funny anymore. But this is, like, funny enough that – um, it could intrigue people into wanting to learn more about it. Cool. I believe for the hundredth episode, we'll be doing Abraham Lincoln drunk history. So <laughs> probably will. And I'll be in hosting. Well, I don't drink no more, but you, I'm going to get you guys shit face, and then I'm going to record it as you guys explain. Uh, I don't know. And this is an open invitation, by the way, to anybody who's in the Springfield area. Um, we'll be recording an episode somewhere. I've got a place that I'd like to go, but we'll we'll chat about it. And Saturday night at one a.m. We'll be doing our <laughs> yeah, it'll be drunk first history. Blitter, Abraham Lincoln drunk history yep. podcast. So um, it's, yeah, the only reason we're doing it at one because if we did it any earlier, it ended up being like a six-hour episode. Like, oh, we're going to start at at eight. I'm like, yeah. oh, bars closes at two, so we should start it at one because otherwise we'll just be like rambling. Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah. So that's the meat potatoes of our show. Um. Yeah, if we're missing out on something, uh, parody Lincoln on a video somewhere, whether maybe YouTube channel or Vimeo video or some other show we're not aware of, please let us know uh, on the Facebook chat. If you're not part of that, make sure you get part of that. Um, and now with to our weekly segments, for the people, by the people. Uh, I, have, got- I have two that I wanted to share. One, um, and I apologize if this is mildly self-serving. Um, way back when we did our trivia episode, I mentioned that uh, many, I don't know if any of our listeners are part of it. I know Dr. Bauer is, if anybody else is, but um, I'm in an online trivia league, which is kind of fun to be in, called Learned League. Um, and on August 6th, there's a, like, very quickly, Learned League is like a head-to-head trivia competition that you do, like, once a day in 25 day seasons and then you get some time off well and during that time off they have what they call one day trivia whatever's well uh one of the one day competitions or trivia events that's coming up on august 6th is on abraham lincoln and um the smith 
of the, the of that actual trivia is me. So I wrote those questions. So if you're not a Learned League uh, member, you'll need a referral. It's kind of fun if you're into trivia. If you're not into trivia, um, I wouldn't suggest it. But it's and it's very very humbling because the trivia questions are super hard. Um, and I'll share the questions that I wrote once it's all said and done. Anyway, um, but anyway, if you are in Learned League and you just take the off seasons off, come back and check out uh, August sixth, the one day special. Abraham Lincoln. Uh, hopefully I put something in there for everyone. Um, so check that out. And one other uh, of the people by the people that uh, I wanted to share that I just stumbled across today. Uh, there's a website called pitchfork.com, which is like a indie music uh, website. They do lots of record reviews. Um, they're sometimes they're a little too smart for their own good, but it's decent for the most part to see like what they're reviewing, you know, new music. Most of it's indie, but sometimes they do some mainstream stuff. But anyway, uh, they have a segment on there called Over Under, and they have celebrities come on. And essentially, they just tell them a, a phrase or a topic, and they have to say, is it overrated or underrated? So they'll say, like, um, historical roasts. And then you say, like, oh, they're underrated. Or, they're, you know, in our case, we'd probably say it's overrated because, you know, Stamos, blah, blah, blah. Well, this week, the most current guest was Ken Burns. And it's a hilarious episode. So Ken Burns over under episode on Pitchfork. Um, a couple of the topics, just to let you know, mockumentaries. So he tells you whether he thinks mockumentaries are overrated or underrated. Uh, psychedelics. Ken Burns talks about whether he thinks psychedelics are overrated or underrated, which is hilarious. Uh, uh, Old Town Road. Is it Old Town Road? That little Nas X song. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He, weighs, yep. he weighs in on whether he thinks that's over or underrated. So, uh, Ken Burns is like obviously very engaging to see speak. So my, uh, of the people by the people from pitchfork.com, the Ken Burns episode of over under. All right, Mary, what you got for the cause? Okay. Ours. Er, so mine is a very lighthearted one comes from Ben Holmes, who is a frequent poster on the real sport Facebook page. Um, and he just said, especially for Nick, and he took Millard Fillmore and he used FaceApp and made Millard Fillmore smile. <laughs> and that made my day when I saw it. Are we sure it wasn't Alec Baldwin? No. <laughs> <laughs> Someone also did it to Braxton Bragg and I laughed for about 10 minutes. I couldn't look past his eyebrows. So. <laughs> no. And I saved it on my phone. And every time I'm scrolling through my pictures, I see it and I start laughing. And but anyway, yeah, the Millard Fillmore from Ben Holmes uh, that gets uh, my of the people by the people. Nice, that's, that's ridiculous. So I've been trying to boycott. Fillmore. Well, was that or one of my mugs, Nick? So take your pick. Your Millard Fillmore mug? <laughs> yeah, I have like five. Um. All right, I've been preaching to the people that we wanted 50 ratings before our 100th episode. We are now up to 53. Yes. Yes. Um, yes. So um, there's, I'm not going to read all the ones that we came in, but I'm going to read the four that we got on July 14th. So, um, And then I will continue. There's a two-star rating in there, um, and I will make sure to read it. So we're not, we're not dodging you. I'm not scared to read it. And I get called out of one, too. So I come um, back those- for two episodes and we get a two-star? Like, ah. Uh. I, the two stars probably directed at me something about swearing a lot. So, oh, really? Um, it's not so, about me and my political stuff. I like it. So, yeah, that probably falls on my shoulders. Although Mary's known to occasionally swear too. Oh, yes. Uh, first one, Van Cornish, three, five stars. Easygoing conversational discussions, Lincoln Civil War topics, history podcasts don't get any better. Whoa! Wow! Come for the Lincoln. High praise. Stay for the wrestling reference. Five stars. I like it. Thank you. So I, I agree. We are better than the road to now, back story, <laughs> and all those other ones. So I agree with that 100%. Uh, another five-star one, DK, DK3434. Great discussion topics and insights. Hope to see you in Springfield. Yeah. Well, DK, DK3434, I don't know who you are, but I hope to meet you and can't wait to see you in Springfield. Uh, baseball Dude 13. The title's laid back and informative. Came for the Gettysburg commentary and have since binged almost every episode. The rail splitters know their stuff, but also seem to learn more every week. Great for anyone looking for a historical podcast that doesn't bore. All right. Wow. I'm like getting goosebumps. This is so flattering. And on to the two-star. And then, no, no, this is another five-star. From Ben Z, because I don't want to butcher your last name. 
Um, I just found this podcast and it's very enjoyable. Nick, Mary, and Jeremy do a great job going over the ins and outs of the battles. Um, so that are the four I'm going to read this time. So I will get to all of them. So um, two star Raider, if you're still listening, we will read it. Um, and I am not offended, and I appreciate the constructive criticism you gave us. But and you that gave that whole speech what, without swearing once. And that's what we call a teaser <laughs> in the biz. Yeah, yeah they're nice. Nice like it. This weekend, Lincoln, what we got? <laughs> I got something. Go for Short. it. I don't have it with me. <laughs> I Funko Pops. No, that's Funko right. I, saw that. I have one I saw of those that. too. I haven't oh. got it yet, but I know I have one. One of my friends with bought me one. Small bodies and the big heads, they've become kind of the thing. I kind of, I gotten a couple Star Wars ones. Then, like, you me know too. what? I'm going to. I, I decided I kind of like how they look. I'm going to be very selective. Like I only pick stuff that really means a lot to me. So like I got a couple of Chewbacca's like a Groot, um, Peyton, Walter Peyton. Um, and then I got like Dustin from stranger things and dart by the ways for stranger things fans. Um, but finally I've been looking for the Lincoln one and there is now an Abraham Lincoln one. I believe it's at target. I bought mine online now. Um, yeah. So there is an Abraham Lincoln Funko Pop. Finally, I just got in the mail the other day. I'm at school recording this, so I don't have a picture of it to show you guys. But it looks awesome. It's I have cool one, too. I've got one, too. The Abraham Lincoln I will, one. I will be ordering mine. Like, the whole Funko Pop thing, I'm like, I don't know if I get it, like, whatever. And then that one came out, I'm like, I'm getting it. I want it so badly. Like, I'm getting it. Yeah, I have some Star Wars ones, too, Nick. And then when the Lincoln one came out... um, like I was going to order one and then one of my best friends texted me and they were like, don't order it. Oh, I got you one. And I'm awesome. like, Oh, that's awesome. It's a, uh, yeah, it's cool. It's slick. Um, yeah, I just kind of like the Funko Pops. I took mine out of the box, so I don't keep that stuff in the box. No, neither do I. No, Some people not. I know do. I am not definitely, I don't do that. I don't get that. Not that I'm faulting you if you do that. Um, there is a the media teacher at our local college here, Rock Valley. He keeps them all in the boxes, but he has them all on display. Like he keeps adding shelves to his office. Wow! And I guess he had like some of the big wigs from the community college come down. They're like, "Is this your office?" And he's like, "Hell yeah, it is." <laughs> so, but uh, um, also a great thing because as a teacher, sometimes your students will buy some of the stuff that you're into. So I think he's benefited from that. So nice. I have to put some on display here at school. I think that's it. You guys got anything else for the cause? I don't think so. It's just good to be back. Thanks again. Uh, So, yeah, it's awesome. Please rate us on iTunes if you haven't. Tell your friends if you think they'll find us interesting. Um, And pay attention. Um, I'd imagine here soon we'll start to roll out some details about our weekend in Springfield. So if you're down there, we're going to be down there Labor Day weekend. Yeah, we're excited. We're definitely going to go someplace, let people know, so we can meet um, some people. Um, you know, you could tell us you hate us to our face or you like us to our face. Either way, <laughs> preferably don't punch us, so or me. So, all right, I think that's everything. Mary, you got anything to add? That's it. You want me to close out the show? No, I pulled up the quote. Okay. <laughs> and then with malice towards none, with charity for all. Something like that. We'll see yeah. you. <laughs> see you next week, guys. Peace. Did I butcher it? <laughs>